Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mind Refinery podcast, provided to you by us, the Mind Refinery. Creators of content, aggregators of popular culture, and a place where creatives thrive. I'm your host, Kyle Bodanis. Today, we continue our look at the video games that defined our lives with our favorite video games from middle school. What you're about to hear is part two of this epic conversation. Before we get started, if you haven't checked out and subscribed to the Mind Refinery YouTube channel, do it. Lots of great content, our culinary series plated, new episode of This Is Cosplay, short films, podcasts, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for all your Mind Refinery news. And now, without further ado, here's the show. Okay, guys, we're going to move on back to Omar. All right, guys. So this is a beast. Me being, me, me being the younger one in the group, uh, middle school era. Young blood. The young blood. Um, for me, I couldn't leave this game out uh, because I think it changed the course of like gaming for, I, I don't know, for older generations, but for my generation, like especially Grand Theft Auto Vice City. So when that Scarface came out, the game. so I have a little story. And Carlito's way. Oh, yeah. I have a little story because I had an Xbox. So at that time, I was like, I was that kid that had the Xbox and everybody else had a PlayStation. So uh, my cousin would bring his PlayStation over so we could play. And I, I never played Grand Theft Auto 3. So oh. I only had the experience from the original Grand Theft Auto of the, the Skyview. Oh, huge jump. So then he. Okay, could, wait, hold on. Which yeah. did you play first? Uh, Midnight Club or this one? I played Midnight Club first. First. Okay, first. okay. Sorry, so I pl- that, I That's exactly context. why I'm ent- I was going to do Midnight Club second, but I brought that up because I played Midnight Club. Yeah, yeah. And then I didn't even know this game existed yet. Like, I I wasn't – like, I heard about it, but because I had Xbox, I wasn't, like, thinking about it. Because it came out later for Xbox, did it? Or? It came out yeah. way later. With yeah. better, way it was, later. like, the definitive version. Right. Yeah. With, with the yeah. DLC? Better, better graphics. It was, like, a double release yeah. uh, 3 in Vice City. Uh, oh, and that's right. It, I remember out, like, that. it maybe three, four years later. Okay, okay. I got you. I got you. And so, like, my cousin came in, and he, he pops it, and he's playing it. And all I remember, I remember walking in the room with a bowl of cereal, <laughs> and I just remember this guy hopping out of a car and just unloading on the group of people. And I'm like, what game is no, this? No, Omar's not even eating his cereal. I'm like sitting there like, I, I, it They're was a Cinnamon Toast Crunch, got by the way. Cool. <laughs> he got completely traumatized for his cereal. It was Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is the greatest game I've ever seen in my life. And my cousin's like, Yikes. okay, don't tell your mom you're playing this. Because my mom was very anti-guns at that time. So I went in and he, I'm like, is this two-player? He's like, unfortunately, no. And we, I'm uh, like, I'm playing this game. I don't care what you tell me. He, I didn't know anything about missions. I didn't know anything about that. All you don't I need knew to. was just I got in. He's like, okay, this is what you do to p- choose your guns. And I just started wrecking havoc. And like, he's like, you got to run from the cops. I'm like, really? <laughs> I don't oh, have to do anything. You just oh, shoot dude. the cops. <laughs> and I started shooting the cops, and I died. Like I was probably like t- maybe two, three minutes in, and I got wasted by these. And cops. it says wasted. wasted. It literally yeah. says wasted. Yeah. Uh, and wasted like, or busted, man. That's just my personal story. And I was like, this is. This is what, and then I was like, Mom, I want a PlayStation 2 for Christmas. <laughs> and she's like, You just got an Xbox. And I was like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. yeah and I never got it right away. Um, but eventually, my cousin ended up giving me his PS2 because somehow he got another one. I, I don't know how that Probably happened. got the Slim or something, maybe. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, like that just launched it. And I just remember coming to school and like everybody was talking about this. Yeah. Game. Like this game was phenomenal. Phenomenal. And like, Kids were playing it. Everybody was playing it, and you couldn't go to anyone's house, and that game wasn't on. 
Because yeah. I remember last episode you were saying that your mom wasn't down with guns for Goldeneye. And I know, I'm like, I remember. And I'm like, that's, like and I'm like, that's, I'm like, that's contained in the James Bond universe. Oh, so dude. you're shooting Alec Trevelyan. In this, you're literally shooting innocent bystanders. And like, oh, dude. getting and prostitutes. Committing, and committing drug-related crimes, all of which are fully Selling drugs accessible. outside of an ice cream truck. I'm telling you. And Tony I, Montana. This, this Tony was like, Mon- oh my God, I'm going to be, I'm like in a movie now. This is everything it needed to be. And then he told me about, and he's like, you know you could do missions, right? I was like, <laughs> like what? Oh, there's no, there's missions? a game to this. Yeah, there's, <laughs> actual, there's actual game. Yeah, we, we you're just oh, because sometimes he was just like we play, like I played in high like, high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah same with like me, it was just like I'm smoking weed and just driving around with the awesome music playing. Right, right. Uh, uh, that's what I was gonna touch on was the aesthetic of that game. They, they like that's why like yeah. I, I I played I've played every Grand Theft Auto. This one, except for a lot, really the newest one. I haven't played that one a bunch, but anyway. This one is by far my favorite. I'm not gonna say it's the best Grand Theft Auto. I'd probably yeah. still say San Andreas probably. I takes love it. it. Yeah. But also this one is awesome my game. favorite just for they just nail that eighties aesthetic. From like like you said, the music. S- and the Scarface, Scarface, it's Miami Vice, Miami it's Vi- yeah. Carlitos Way. Way. Yeah. yeah. Everything. Like Everything. you you're just driving down the strip in your white Lambo, blasting flock of seagulls. <laughs> Like you got that kind of like sh- like the when you, when you turn the camera it goes kind of stroby a little bit I don't know yeah. how, I forgot what you call it but like yeah it just ooze that aesthetic like any like you get in like a, a helicopter and you're just cruising around like the clothes you wear um, not to mention um, Ray Liotta does the voice yeah because uh, up like Mortal, uh, Mortal Kombat wow um, Grand Theft Auto three like you're the main protagonist he didn't even have a name he was just silent he didn't have a name this one you're a full character you experience the yeah. full storyline yeah Tommy yeah yeah so you like the full storyline the full voice you had everything where yeah. you were that character and you had that rise that classic rise and fall and then I guess rise at the end um, and some mansion from pretty yeah, much Scarface. It's exact, yeah, and like the exact. You got the lawyer from Carlito's Way. Is <laughs> yeah. your lawyer? There, yeah. There's the mission where you get the fucking chainsaw, and you like you're like chainsawing oh, the guy yeah. in the bathroom yeah. and shit. Yeah. Oh my god. Chainsaw but, was definitely a weapon of choice for me. But then also you had those shitty missions where you're like in the hell, like you had to like drive the helicopter, like the helicopter, the remote, remote control, control helicopter, yeah, where you I have to go mission. through like the the construction Th- building. That's like the second mission too, and it's such a shitty mission to like that's such poor. And game you're design. just doing it for hours. Did anybody know the new? Okay, do we uh, remember who did the voice for that guy? The David Sean Cross. Penn guy. David Cross. On no, San that Andreas. was no, no. Say I was just saying San, San Andreas. Andreas, Andreas. Andreas. Which guy? No. Okay, you know the guy who gives you that mission. He's like this, like guy with the cowboy hat, and he's like, oh. he's like, you know, rootin' tootin'. Yeah, yeah. That's right, and that's right. uh, and it cool. almost sounds like what's his face, um, Smokey and the Bandit, uh, Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds is yeah. uh, doing it. I just want to say, like, that was but such, I don't think such a poor decision to make. Like, I think that was literally the second mission. If it wasn't the second mission, it was the third mission. And it's like, hey, you have this huge world, and instead of like. It, like, I think it's literally the first mission after like the main opening mission. It's the second it's like, mission of the guy of that guy. Yeah. And it was, guy. Anyway, it was right at the beginning yeah. of the game, and it's like, hey, you have this huge world with all this dope shit. It's like, no, we're gonna make you do this tedious, shitty helicopter blow up like a construction site mission. It's the grand. It it's the Gran Turismo license test. That's oh yeah. yeah, they all some. There's always a gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. So with some gatekeeping shit, <laughs> like for, like for that one, that was one of those missions where I. Put it down in frustration at the end of a night, and then woke up the next morning and, and then did it right away. Try, yeah. Did it right away. Yeah. Did it right away. Oh man! Because I kind of like just figured out and every and you had one of those transcendental turns where just everything came together. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but this game was this game was so fucking much awesome, dude. And so just like fun. the the layout and the cities and how yeah. complex I used to know it, know it and how all. big it was. 
for like for me that i was like coming off of like i said midnight club was like my first experience with that and like a racing game but to see this and i was like okay if rpgs are going to be this that's going to become my favorite genre where um the ability to literally where you're not guided through the game you kind of can do whatever you want and then say oh yeah there's missions let me play the story or if i'm tired of the story i can just do what i want i can chill i can go grab the car out of my garage just go around for a little bit cause some mayhem Mayhem, start some ruckus yeah the music's good you're just it's and it was all licensed and the fucking like all the skits in between, oh, yeah. like like they had the talk radio station and all the skits in between the music and like they had the the DJs and stuff. Like it was so authentic. E- even the side missions were really good. Yeah, like just playing some of the side missions and some of the characters they came up with were phenomenal. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? This this game literally, um, I I'm gonna say is was the turning point. I think in, in terms of like how we looked at RPGs. For 100%. me, at least, I think it was a turning point. Did this game well, it's more like more like open world than like yeah, RPGs open world, yeah. But like yeah. I like the the thing that was crazy was so genre bending. Yeah, genre defining. Yes. Um, what I, what I would say about this game is like you had like the precursors to like you had Grand Theft Auto come out, Grand Theft Auto three. You had the precursors of the Grand Theft Auto one, two, the London, whatever. You had Driver, I guess. Then you'd have like all these other games that were like almost doing it. You had Driver two, where like you could get out of your car and they would almost do it. Then you had Grand Theft Auto three that came out, and then you could do it. Yeah. And then you had all these other games afterwards that came out that tried to do what Grand Theft Auto did, and they tried to copy it. And like so many games, true crimes. Yeah, true crime. Like all this <laughs> oh. other shit. And the like, mechanics on it, were on on Vice City and those games, were just so good that you. Yeah. Can, so then, yeah. but then the thing is, so you had all these clones come out from Grand Theft Auto Three, and then fucking Vice City comes out. Yeah. And it just like puts all like it's like Rockstar did it again. You know what like I mean? Like you're in a movie. Yeah. yeah. They, they they reinvented the wheel for three, and then they fucking just. I'm not gonna say they reinvented it. Re, uh, reinvented it again for. Um, Vice City, but they refined it to a point. So it's like they've just put all these other clones to shame where it's like you had the template, you did your own thing with it, and then you couldn't do it. I think what happened was is that, you know, Grand Theft Auto 3 came up with the mechanics and the game engine and all that kind of stuff. And what they did with Vice City is they are like, okay, we can do it, but now let's add the, like, from a video game as a perspective the cultural importance of it like this is why this game that where you're making it like a movie and you're in it's yeah. and it's combining all these elements yeah. where you do want to just drive around in the car because the soundtrack is good, good yeah. and making sure that they spend the money to have that level of quality oh, and that sure. level of detail right sure. um the only thing they didn't license was the cars they just made up their own but made why the hell own. would you waste the money on it the cars no why they were right. like it's essentially mechanical. exactly 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 yeah. you knew which one was a porsche you knew which one was a ferrari and, oh, and it was so fun to just cruise around and just like even you're with your friends. First of all, just putting in the cheat codes. Like I cheat like codes, you used yeah. to remember them all off by heart, like for the armor, for the whatever. And then you would just go around, just cause mayhem until you die. And then once you die, you just pass the controller off to your buddy. And then you just pass the controller around, just oh, trying sure. to st- like cause as much mayhem as for as long as you could. And then once in a while you just get bored and just like drive around and like follow street side like just like like this like the street. <laughs> well, sometimes shit. honestly, yeah. you really if you wanted to survive in that game, even the missions, if you were a good driver in it, that was important. Yeah, 
you have Definitely. to be like a perfect driver though because yeah. if you're around a cop and they saw you do like anything they'd be like whoop, whoop. it's like you get oh. those two stars <laughs> yeah it's like i haven't done anything yeah once you get permapo like uh, then you have with like three stars they're on you on you yeah right you got a weapon up because you're just you're going down and you're either the it's star, like you get the helicopters coming out and yo all. then you Billy. had bikes in that game you didn't have motorcycles in grand theft auto 3 no, the oh. and you had great. the motorcycles in vice city yeah. it's just like what billy said he said some real ass shit busted or wasted bro yeah that's it. Or wasted. Or wasted. That's and, it. And the thing about that game, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I remember as a kid, it wasn't until that game where they started to ID to buy games. Oh, did like, they? That's when I first started n- noticing it. Like, And then later on, which I'll talk about, I went Imagine getting ID for a game now. You're buying but an M game? I remember I couldn't, yeah. like, we couldn't, like, I remember going uh, to Blockbuster. Because the only time I got to play it was if, if my cousin came by. So I remember was, going to was Blockbuster. Your, your cousin was older? He was older, yeah. So he's about four years older than me. Oh, okay, okay. So I went, and I remember I went to rent a game, and they were like, sorry, we can't rent this to you. And wow. I was like, well, why not? And they're like, it was the first time I ever had, like, an age thing. And they're like, oh, you just need – it's not like they were IDing. They are just like, you need to be with a parent yeah, yeah, to yeah. rent the game. And I remember, like, being like, what the easy. hell? And then, like, yeah, that, I had we, to do that. we had a buddy that just his older brother came and was with us. So he's like, oh, I'll, I'll just get it for you guys. And we went and played. But, yeah, that was the first time ever someone said I couldn't get a game because of my age. I remember, I remember, I remember that doing that. I remember getting that yeah. with movies. Before. I couldn't see Kiss the Dragon. Are you serious? What was that? <laughs> that was the one with Jet Li uh, where he friggin' – I think it's Bridget dragon. Fonda as well where he friggin' like, kicks the pool ball at the guy's face. And like homage to Bruce Lee, it like deals with the like the entire police karate class. Goddamn. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tour de force of oh, Jet Li. I think it's the best Jet Li. They didn't let you rent it out. They wouldn't let me go see it in the theater. Oh. I was no, eighteen I, I at the time, but didn't have my like G one. And they're like, we can't let you in. One and one officer hard ass dude was just like, not I'm not letting you in. I'm like, honestly. I was I was indignant. I was definitely immature about it, uh, but I feel justified. What in was that, that movie to this day. with, with uh, Jennifer Lopez and Vincent D'Onofrio? The Cell. Cell. Yeah. yeah. So I still haven't seen that movie, but me and my buddy went. <laughs> and we still like, hasn't <laughs> seen it. We all know it except it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, me and my buddy went, and we're like trying to get tickets for this, and they're like, "You're too young." We're like, "Fine." So we bought tickets for like one. I think we okay. I remember we bought tickets for the replacements starring Keanu Reeves. Yeah, the football. And then we just went in, and then we just went in to the fucking watch the cell. Yeah. So we're like watching the cell. All of a sudden, they fucking come in with like flashlights and start going up and down the aisles, and we're trying to like sit all low in our seats. And it's like we should have sat up in our seats of anything and then we sat and then we got kicked out so uh, still haven't seen the cell okay guys is it good <laughs> is it we don't have time for it's that a movie. part of it is okay. it was visually weird yes it's okay. a movie That's a, anyways I'll, guys I'll, I'll, next episode I'll get yo we gotta it. stop we gotta, we gotta move on we All cannot right, cool. get into a conversation about the cell <laughs> it's another side episode it's like anime again yeah. uh, okay guys Gun, let's move <laughs> let's move on to uh, the Persian prison cell Billy Hoosh Okay, what is this, number two now? This is number so, two. Dose. So, so for me, this is grade, going to grade eight, and it was September after my birthday, but I didn't get a birthday present on my birthday. Happy birthday, Billy. I got a pre-order to the Nintendo 64 with Mario 64. I've heard of it. It was oh, just man. Mario, Super Mario 64, or... Uh, Pilot Wings, I think, 64. Yo, fuck Pilot Wings. So, Stop uh, trying to make Pilot Wings happen, once again, Nintendo. I got the 64 pre-ordered at that CompuServe that I got uh, that I saw World of Warcraft at, 
I had my aunt had to go, uh, and uh, that was a yeah, that was a, a birthday present. But then when we got there, we didn't pre-order the game, so all they had left at the CompuServe was uh, Pilot Wing sixty four, and I was like, hell no, I don't want this. I have my sixty four, no. And then there was a Babbage's across Babbage's, across the Babbage's. and they were selling Mario sixty four for like a hundred and nine ninety nine. Wow. Dude, think about how much that in is 96, now. Whereas uh, CompuServe was selling it at like eighty nine bucks. It's nine thousand dollars of you just because yeah. cartridge, right? Cartridges, even Super Nintendo games Play- were like ninety nine dollars. PlayStation yeah, like games were cheaper too. Yeah. PlayStation games cost less because it was just CD based thing. Yeah. This is like more Super Mario. That's so, crazy. So I got Mario, and I realized how expensive this shit is. This is like this is like stuff so every day because i promised that i also get good grades for that year <laughs> yeah. every day after school i'd run home and try to get more of those red stars to get more of the i thought system. you were gonna say you're gonna go home and do your homework to get good <laughs> grades i thought that was the no, moral of the story exactly what i thought too. i thought I that was the moral of- okay okay that's this good. was like the school kids those were the achievos those <laughs> okay. were the, the, the achievements was getting those stars and playing those levels over yeah. and over oh, yeah. again to collect that stuff Plus, the big thing for it that was exciting, that was, that was the first 3D, third-person, open-world game. Fuck yeah. And you had a new controller to, uh, to pilot this 3D world with an XY axis using that little stick and then these yellow cameras. You had to control the camera. Dude, I think – I'm pretty sure – Am I wrong? Did Nintendo invent that? Yeah. Controlling well, the camera? Yeah. Go, go from Resident Evil 2, where it was fixed camera. Yeah. It was 3D. Well, in this is. Corridor. Th- uh, Mario was before, way before Resident yeah, Evil. Yeah, yeah. And but, you could yeah. still go anywhere. Because I know there game. was. Yeah, I know there was 3D games before, but like, I don't know if they could. You could control the camera before. It would always be like like the mm. fixed, like isometric view. That's and that's why. what always like, like a bumsy 3D and shit. Mm. That's why at the beginning of the game, it had the little cloud, dude, come with the camera so yeah. you knew where the camera the lack, was. So Mario, it was almost like that game was one, one cut of you with Lakitu with the a camera. cameraman. But that's a good head. way to visualize it for kids. They should make a sequel that's where so you smart. have to play as Lakitu. Oh, it's like Pokemon that. Snap. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, Nintendo, holler at me. Nintendo, holler at me. I got some retro nostalgia juice for all these, <laughs> these game thir- thirty-year-olds. No, anyways, yeah. So Super Mario sixty-four was like. A big deal for me because I didn't have a Super Nintendo. I had a Sega Genesis, but I'm like, I, I, the PlayStation, it broke. The open button broke. Oh yeah, I remember and you I mentioned like, that in the last, the last I episode. Wanna, I want a Nintendo 64. I saw Ultra 64 Killer Instinct in the cab. It had Cruise in USA. I'm like, this system's gonna be sick. Look <laughs> at this. It's based off of arcade boards like Sega. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I was a Sega Genesis Sega fan. So I'm like, okay, like what? And the guy's like, you don't know. Uh, he was trying to convince me that Crash Bandicoot's going to come out if you just wait, kid, while you need your Super Mario 64. Oh, this guy's shilling for yeah, PlayStation. Yeah, well, he wow. charged me extra 10 bucks for the for the Super Mario. His name and is I was Cedric like a, Von Sony. I was a little kid. Corporate <laughs> shill at Babbage's. And, and then it turned into a game Also, then it came EB fucking Crash, Crash wow. Bandicoot instead of Mario? Yeah, okay, to, to be fair, to be fair, Crash Bandicoot's sick. All Better than Mario? Own? No, I no. never said that. That's all I'm saying. Amazing job. I don't Naughty need to Dog wait for did shit. An amazing job at that. And still, that went to still doing an amazing that's job. That's why they then made Uncharted. Exactly. They wanted to make Super Mario 64. Dude, there's still. <laughs> there's the <laughs> reaction to that. No. Yeah. But yeah, but, uh, I, 
Okay, go ahead, man. No, the first Super Mario 64 was a big deal for me. I love that game. That was the first game that I fully beat every single thing you could out of that game. You just, platinumed it just, before platinum was a thing. Yeah, just, just yeah, yeah. It was an awesome game. I I fucking like that game. I remember back in the day going to. I don't know if you guys remember. You're probably a little too young, but I'm sure yeah. you two remember uh, the Nintendo Pod at. Uh, Ontario Place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that oh. shit? They had Legoland, oh. and then they had the Nintendo Pod, and you could go play with Lego in the Legoland, then you could go play, like, fucking prototype games in Nintendo Pod. They just had Super Nintendo set up, NES, really? or whatever. So I remember <laughs> one year, I went to Nintendo Pod, and, like, I was, like, vaguely aware of, like, the Ultra 64. Like, I'd seen, like, screenshots in the magazine, like, v- vaguely aware that it was a thing coming out. And all of a sudden, there they have fucking two... Um, N64 set up with Super Mario 64. And as you said, looking at the controller, I'm like, what is this? What <laughs> yeah. is this boomerang thing? How yeah. do you even... I'm, like, holding it, like, completely wrong. <laughs> and, like, looking at it, yeah, my mind was blown. I'm like, what is going on? I can go that way? I can go that way? I can go towards the camera? Like, now every game is like that. Yeah. Just having... Like, like I don't think before that I had seen a 3D game at all before that, other than... Like everything else before that was just like the isometric. Like, that's like why the it was funny. You, you guys talking about you guys talking about Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was now it was Mario, but what you want to do in a three D world, whatever you wanted, Absolutely. and in some form of realism too. Yeah. So uh, I think that yeah, Super Mario sixty four was like that was a huge moment. Another yeah. of the most well, you know influential so well games. Made. Yeah, so yeah so I love well that. Made. and a lot of the games we're talking about. I mean, like especially with this, like helped establish either the visual or controlling language yeah. that these games exactly for on would you know would be how we would navigate and like what our understanding of current games are goes back to what these things you know Nintendo yeah. was inventing it think yeah, about yeah. that yeah. man uh, you were guys were talking about Grand Theft Auto Vice City then being movies as being like the Quentin Tarantino of uh, of uh, video games or whatever taking a thing of all making a homage of it. Yeah. So Mario, Super Mario 64, that was when it acknowledged that it, it is a movie. The dude was holding a camera Breaks filming it. Breaks the third it. wall, yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. So like that. Well, the fourth wall, Because sorry. of the third dimension. Yeah. It, it, I, I, Nintendo, Nintendo like sets a bar and runs it off it. of a hardware that is accessible to people. Always, always, yeah. And then... I guess like the the adult market, whatever, like the perfects it. They perfect it. Yeah, they perfect it and monetize it to a different different way or whatever to a different audience, to yeah. a grown up audience. But Nintendo like controls and stuff that was crazy. Even now, the the controls in that game, like obviously, if you got some powdery wiggly joystick, it's not going to control. You are definitely going to get. Yeah. yeah, they have they have new like. We talked about this in the last yeah, episode, yeah. I'm sure. The new anyway. Yeah. Um, There's remasters. They, everything. Yeah, they that game still the controls are so tight. That game is so well made. Remember when you first jump on a tree? Oh my oh, god! Man. When you run, jump on mind. a tree and then get to the top and then you do like a flip backwards yeah. with backflip. It was like that was like the uh, like the power fantasy of movement and everything of mobility. It was, it was that game was brilliant. Doing Super a backflip back into the paintings. Yeah. That yes. was like my thing. I yeah. love to do that. Okay, guys, we got to move on. Uh, we're going to move on to mine. Uh, as we were talking about before, this is the three cartridge. Uh, not cartridge. I just <laughs> three CD epic. <laughs> three cartridge. Uh, 
I spent more time, I think, playing this game uh, in terms of like one sitting in terms because like for things like Goldeneye where you're, you're playing it over and over again. But in terms of the story mission and, you know, and the, the main narrative arc, uh, Final Fantasy VII, I think it's the uh, the measuring stick for all RPGs. Uh, I think it has probably the greatest villain of all time in a, in a video, in a, definitely in an RPG, uh, Sephiroth. Uh, the, and the music, even though it was still of that MIDI style, was in- incredible. incredible. Uh, I, it just Everything about it just completely blew me away. And uh, there was just so many different things. I remember the first time I beat it, I didn't have any guides which was, it was the last game I beat fully without guides. I did not beat, sorry, my apologies. I did not finish 100% of it. Um, but I beat, you know, the main story part. Yeah, you can't beat that game. Without the, without no, 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 absolutely not. And well, with, I'm going to get into like, some. Like 100% Yeah, especially guides. also like, so for example, like in order to get certain materia, you okay. have to breed chocobos. Yeah. And there's, and like you have to know that a black chocobo and a wonderful chocobo make a gold chocobo and like things like that to get those that I wasn't able to accomplish until I kind of got the you know the guides. Um, but I was able to go through the main story parts, fight Sephiroth and all that. But then when you started getting to the extended um, things with it, where you're going to do little side missions at the casino, uh, the big thing was the two ultimate weapons the ruby weapon and the emerald weapon, which each had more than a million hit points. Like, that's where you needed to get the Knights of the Round materia in order to be the Emerald Weapon. And you had to have, you had to use Mime and, uh, you know, the Knights of the Round materia in order to start in, like, to start a never-ending barrage to take away, uh, mm. to beat the Emerald Weapon. And uh, knowing how to navigate the, the the Ruby Weapon and how hard it was. And just, like, making, it was a really, really the first game where I was, I need to beat 100% of this. I need to know everything about it. It's ins and outs. Even for Zelda, I was just trying to get through it. This game, I wanted to know everything. I'm The cinematics, the story were fantastic. And I was just, like, to this day, love it. Um, seeing the footage from the remakes, from the remake, it just yeah. looks unreal. And it was great then. And yep. I can't even imagine what, you know, using today's graphics look like. Especially for, like, when you see the pictures of Midgar are just incredible. And when you... You know, and then you see the new battle engine, and you just see I was how like say, that battle engine the looks battle great. engine looks battle fantastic. Engine. And it's like it's like a perfect cross between like turn-based and action. Yeah, like. and and this game was so epic. I think it's the best of the Final Fantasy games. Um, it's just a really, 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 really great game that kind of like really affected me, even from like a storytelling standpoint, and like the sprawl and and uh, how it was treating characters and how it treated characters as super important in games rather than just, you know, the plot of what's going on. It's, you know, everyone had their story, and you started, like, for example, Barrett. You went to visit his, you know, learn about him. You went to Cosmo Canyon with Red to learn about his backstory. And you did all these little missions where you learned about people and how the what's happening in this battle uh, with Sephiroth trying to save the planet, how it affects everyone individually yeah. and what their character arcs are. And I really appreciate that, and as... Looking back at it, I start to appreciate it more because I realize kind of like what a huge, you know, undertaking it was, you know, to do that. Sure. What would you describe that style? Was that like a 
was it like a cyberpunk or like steampunk kind of like world that world that the final fantasy 7 was in i think that it's kind of for kind me of for me it's like cyberpunk. it's like yeah it's Cyber. well there's elements of the steampunk too because you go into super rural areas as well yeah. but like i think when you're it's like it's almost like starts throwing like putting genres together yeah because when you're in midgar it's very cyberpunk cyberpunk like you sure. are you're in a heavily industrial society it's not too different than like the setting for akira you know what I mean you're in this you know you're you're in this world super industrial i mean it's it's looking at you know industry's effect on the environment yeah. uh, corporatism kinda... versus the little people yeah. it really goes through classism too because like there's the different plates of midgar and the better you know and the more affluent people live in the higher parts and it goes into that stuff too but then when you leave uh, midgar and go into the world map yeah then you start getting those steep cuz you're going into small towns and where they're super rural, and but then like they have a part of the space programs in that town as well, like yeah. the Rocket Town, where it's like this super simple town, but then all of a sudden there's like this is where Shinra like launches all their rockets and stuff like it's that. It's like Wuhan, where they make the the bio weapons. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's Pickering, where the nuclear power. Yeah, is. that's that's pretty what it is. So like it's it's super. I just I just love the way the game you know like went but you know between all that stuff and as I said it then became like kind of the benchmark for the rest of the Final Fantasy series yeah and I mean they had been trying to you know you know replicate that and I, I thought that the subsequent ones have been good but this one was just such a significant step up that uh, you know I like I never I didn't have PlayStation at that time but everyone was talking about it and I read about it in magazines. I had a PlayStation at the point where I played Final Fantasy IX, which was more of a medieval setup. And yes, I always yeah. looked back and was like, what the hell was Fantasy VII? That looked kind of cool. Like, uh, So that's why I'm really excited to try the remake, to play the remake, because that was the one I missed. I missed that one. Oh, that's, so that'll be sick for you. Oh, you're going to love I, it. I, yeah. I'm, in, I'm in the same boat as Billy, actually. Like, I, I jumped on the uh, PlayStation train a little late uh, in high school. So, I mean, I went back for a lot of those games, but like, play, like I did Final Fantasy eight, not nine. So I did. I played a lot of eight, and I played seven at like friends' house, and I've played on like emulator like since then, but never like all the way through. So it's gonna be. I'm like in the same boat you are, where the remake is gonna be a lot of fun. Um, well, I'm so sure I'm really it's gonna be that. fun, a lot of fun for people who have some nostalgia tied oh, to it. Oh, for because, sure. Oh, it's like seeing a, a remaster. It's literally a remaster. Seeing it in it today's is, it is too because like you're seeing some of like the setups, and they are clearly right from the original. But it's just they they it's that they have that level of modernity to it. Yeah. So because as it's, you were imagining using these like primitive little, well, they were pretty good sprites, weren't they? They're, yeah. They had two right. different views, right? The yeah. game. Yes. Yeah. So there was like the random the movement mode where you would hit random encounters. Yeah. And then there was uh, the, the so yeah so when it goes in the battle engine when you're roaming around the area so it has the super wide view in the world map and then you come in and it's got more close where you're seeing where you're going and then yeah, it goes into the battle engine which I thought the battle engine was really good for it then a modern one it looks like it's absolutely ridiculous yeah um, but like I mean like Final Fantasy 9 like the, the follow ups were good because it's just a matter of did you like the story yeah it, it was kind of like Super Mario RPG where the sto the writing was quirky and sufficient enough and it had some basic like, like it was medieval so it just had like uh archetypes like regular ass like archetypes in that like the sorcerer the thief or yeah. whatever the mage and all that yeah um so it, yeah it was like reading like a, a fantasy book yeah and it's it's cool though when you see those it didn't have emotion i don't remember it being because i heard a lot of people said 
Final Fantasy VII has emotional like beats to it where like oh absolutely like big oh yeah. ohs and oh my god like, I was reading an ING article and they were talking about like most influential moments in video games and like the death of Ares it was like the oh, first yeah, episode yeah. was and it's That's so cool. crazy because like you you're with her. And then, like, Sephiroth drops from the sky with his sword and, like, drives it right into her. Damn. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? They, because you're yeah. with her the whole time. Your character kind of has, like, this love triangle going with Ares and, like, Tifa. And yeah. it's, like, she's super good and she's super, you know, quirky and fun. And they have this back and forth. And there's, like, uh, the Final Fantasy equivalent of sexual tension. And then <laughs> all of a sudden, it's, like, she starts learning that, you know, she's an ancient and learning more about her like past and then Sephiroth kills her with his massive sword and you're just like holy fuck and that's the end of disc one yeah and you're just yeah so built the agency for you wanting to get a vengeance and then you know I mean and learning more about that you start again you start to see these character arcs and then how they you know and how the death of Ares kind of like goes in with Cloud's character arc and it's 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 really good and honestly I it's definitely one that left an emotional mark on me anyways uh, we got to move I on. Was, I was just gonna say one thing. Oh, sorry. Please yeah, say one thing. I was, uh, um, it was like I was just gonna build on what you guys were saying about the uh, the remake. Is that um, a lot of times it's crazy seeing those those things, those like key watershed, like those big moments in the game, and you see them in the remake. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how it is. And then you like watch it in the original game, and it was like not like that at all. But that's how you remember it with those like. Not shitty graphics, but those with like those dated graphics. You remember it as this big spectacle, but then you actually go back and watch it, like, oh yeah, wow, it was actually like yeah. super low rent. I thought the cinematics in it were really good, especially for the time as well. I yeah, mean, that uh, game had cinematics, the, so, so the, not so much Final Fantasy VII, but yeah. But sure. no, but still, like, I would imagine like what the fan because the cinematics is like bits and pieces from the cinematics now are like ludicrous, and they were pretty good back then, yeah. and they're like ridiculous now. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna move on, guys, uh, to our number ones and. Uh, Let's uh, move on with it to Andrew Lanza. Have you guys seen the latest episode of This Is Cosplay? It features Kin Chan, the armorer and run-of-the-mill creative genius from Wampan's Cosplay. You really need to see what this guy does to believe it. The series is put together by the Mind Refinery creative team and is a visually engaging look at identity, community, and passion. If you're a fan of cosplaying, gaming, anime, a comic book lover, or like us, general fans of nerddom, this series is for you. And now, back to the show. Well, my number one is, as I said, with the last game, that was like my soft introduction into RPGs. Uh, as I said before that, it was always like, I don't want to play this game. You like walk around and you get your, there's like random battles and like you got to read shit and like you're going through menus. Never appealed to me until I played Super Mario RPG. So a couple of years, well, I don't know if it was a couple of years later, but shortly after that, um, I there was this girl in my class and she was telling me about how her brother was playing this random game called Chrono Trigger and she was telling me about it and I'm like like what is this for like I had never heard of this game and I'm like what is this for and she's like Super Nintendo I was like I got one of those so the, like whatever your I don't know birthday or whatever it was Christmas whatever the next event was I was like I need Chrono Trigger like please mom and dad can I get Chrono Trigger so they got it for me and I finally got to play this game that this girl had been telling me about her watching her brother play and I was like blown away. So essentially what this game what what's so amazing about this game is it's again it's a square game 
And there was just this perfect storm of like game designers, composers, character designers. The, 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 the character designs were done by, um, I forget the gentleman's name, but the guy that did all the uh, Dragon Ball character designs. Like he does, he's like the Dragon Ball guy. And you had all these fantastic characters and like the music and just like there was this just this perfect storm of all these people that had worked on different games for Square. Everybody like the dream team came together and made Chrono Trigger. Now, this game is all based on um, time and playing with time and going back in time, forward in time and changing the past to change the future. And up until that point, like I'd seen that, you know, fucking um Back to the Future and, you know, some other movies where they play with that concept. But I Time mean, Cop. Yeah, sure, exactly. And I had never um, seen that in a video game. And in a video game where you're, like, doing things where something's you're, – you're in the present and you got to go back to the past and you got to change something and you come back to the present and it's, like, changed. And, like, it was blowing my mind as a kid. Um, and you just had all these super, super cool things, like super great characters with all these great um, – with, with all these great arcs and you had a game I think that was probably the first game like I think there's like I don't know 12 or 13 endings to that game or something like that and just trying to get them all as a kid and playing through it over and over and over again and trying to like beat the game like you can beat the game essentially like right off the bat and yeah I just loved it it was it's still hands down it's it's in my top probably three games four or five games Top five for sure, but I, I I love that game so much. I think it's one of the best RPGs put together. To be honest with you, I love. Uh, I've Trigger. only played it a little bit, but the little time I did get to play it, I was like, yo, this game is beyond anything that I played, at least on the Super Nintendo, for that matter. And I had a great time with it. I beat it recently uh, on not re- last year on my. I had a I had an emulator on my phone, oh, okay. so I was like playing like Street Fighter and shit. But I also was realizing like. Oh, there's no compromise if you're playing an RPG. RPGs are perfect on a touchscreen. Yeah, oh, yeah, really? yeah, yeah. So I yeah. rebeat Chrono Those Trigger, old, like, and it's so good. It still holds up. I love it. I saw it on. Uh, I think it's in the Google Store. I think they have a version now. Oh, really? For Android. Uh, like I've seen it, but I don't know if it's whatever like, it's uh, pay, whatever you got to pay, it's, it's a, worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you're into yeah, if you're into RPGs, it's definitely on the list. You have to. Have to finish? Yeah, the, like the, if you were doing a playlist based on blues, you yeah. give someone Muddy Waters, that would be the equivalent. That I'd would say. be equivalent? All right, yeah, perfect. Like that. Yeah, you know what? I'm If it is, I probably will get it because I think it's a game that I need to complete. Like it's just from remembering it. playing it. Yeah. There, There's also, I mean, spoilers. Do we care about spoilers? We do not. Okay, so there's so we're, we're talking about it in the last game with uh, being with my last game, Mario RPG, where Bowser can join your team. So there's a really cool part through the so the whole first i'm gonna say third first half of the game the first like big part of it you're trying to fight this guy named magus you're trying to get magus like magus is the bad guy this guy is like everything he's doing like you're like he's the bad guy so you get to a point you're finally gonna beat it like you fight him and you face him and you beat him and then you have a choice you find out you're like no this guy is actually on my side we're actually fighting the same thing so there's this huge other bad guy named Lavos that Magus has been trying to beat and he's like no like you don't understand the big picture so you have a cho- you have a choice you can either kill Magus who's like you know the big bad up until that point it's like 
two, like a third through the game. It's about mm-hmm. a third through the game, would you say? Yeah, it's th- about, yeah, about third through the game, 30% through the game. Yeah. And it's, uh, I but think. But like up until that point, he's the big bad. No, you, there is nothing that lets you assume that you're not going to be fighting him yeah. as the final boss. So and up to that game too, it's what, like probably like 15 hours in yeah. or something like oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's a bunch. So you're like, okay, this game's almost done. And then you yeah. find out, you're like, no, you got to kill him and get like a really shitty item that is just garbage. Or you can get him on your team. So that was another thing back in the day when I thought that, like, that is so fucking cool. Like that was such a cool twist that the big bad, the bad guy that like he, I remember trying to beat him and this guy kicks your ass multiple times. Like <laughs> you have to go at him multiple times. He's a hard boss yeah. and you finally beat him and then like the doors are open and he's like, no, like we're, we're on the same side. And then you'd get him on your team and he's on your team and it's just fucking, it's amazing. The thing I was like, he's like, why is he saying this now after I whipped his ass? Yeah, I know, but like, whatever. <laughs> he, he has some plot armor or whatever. He could have been like, yo, bro, like, before you fight, he could have been like, but hold on. By the way, this guy is also an asshole, and yeah. I would like him dead. Um, also, I mentioned earlier the music of this game. Fantastic. We have to, we have to mention Tumelo. Tumelo is this uh, hip-hop artist uh, I'm not too familiar with his work other than his like he does video game mashups. Really? So he there's this album called Chrono Jigga, and it is all uh Chrono Trigger with Jay Z mashups. No it's way. It's incredible. It's so no fucking it. good. This guy told me about it and I was like, holy we, right, I think I gotta get this. Do, oh, the name alone is worth yeah, it. Yeah, it's worth it. There's also there's also Nosylvania. Nosylvania. No is, way. <laughs> it's okay. Nosylvania. I'm definitely which, getting this. Which is which is Castlevania and Nas. But Chrono Jig is what got me on. And this guy does like he's he does legit hip hop and I've heard some of it. He's on Spotify. Shout shout outs to Mellow on Spotify. Everybody check him out. Um but he doesn't have any of the video game stuff on Spotify because I guess the well, yeah, 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 copyright. Yeah. But he has like a website where he's—it's all for free. You can like down it, download it from no the way. website right, for free because it's all free, right? He doesn't charge for it because it's all—it's pure. Like a mixtape. Yeah, it's like a, exactly. Yeah. And like some of the songs he does, like all the Jay Z bangers, and this guy takes songs like all the best songs from Chrono Trigger, mashes them up, and it's not just like a yeah. shitty kind of like mashup. Like, oh, here's Jay Z rapping, here's the beat. There, like the production quality is so really good. good. Yeah, so if anybody's watching now, like go to Tuba. I can't tell. You know what? I should. If I'm, t- if I'm showing this guy out, I should look up his website. Danger Mouse do something like that? He did it with the Gray album. Yeah. yeah. With the Gray album? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's uh, I'm definitely checking it's that Jay-Z's out. It's Jay Z's Black album and uh, White album by the Beatles. It's I love it. It's the first. I am a huge Danger Mouse fan, yeah. and uh, like so, that yeah. is one of the things that got me into. It. I I loved Gray album. Sorry, it's just incredible. quickly. It's it's uh, tumelomakes.bandcamp.com. Please check him out. He's fucking, he kills it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Like, and it's honestly, if you like Jay-Z, even if you don't know Chrono Trigger at all, bangers, bangers on bangers. I'm with it. But yeah. With it for sure. And also, if you haven't played the game, play the game. It's, it's, it's a masterpiece. I think you just changed my life. It's an, it's an essential (laughs) for RPGs. Yeah. And, and play, I played it on like every single, like I played it on PlayStation. I played it on Super Nintendo. I played it on on Game Boy. Phone? What's yeah. your favorite version not using nostalgia? Okay, it's okay. Nostalgia, it's gonna be Super Nintendo. The Obviously. the great thing about the um PlayStation version is that it had all the original so they like released the guy who did Dragon Ball released like little mini animes that are like li- like little mini anime segments that are like certain 
pivotal moments of the game. They're like essentially cutscenes, but you can't fit. You can put those on a on a Super Nintendo cartridge. So they're just kind of like promotional material made back in the day. Yeah. It was like certain little moments in the game. Cool. Um. So this the PlayStation version inserts those into the game. Oh, nice. But the loading times are atrocious. Like we talked about it for fucking yeah. SmackDown before. SmackDown. It was yeah. like every time, like it had like the battles. So you'd be like walking on the map, and every time you touch an enemy for a battle, it would like pause. And then there'd be like an animation, and then it would be like, "All right, now you're fighting in the battle." And like same thing, every time you went to like a new, a new screen oh. or like anything, it would just be like so many loading screens. But the one for um, the one for Game Boy, I think it was for DS, was actually super cool. I was playing, it, and then there was like some random dungeon, and I mean, I was like, "What is this dungeon? Did I miss this dungeon like the seven other times I've played this game?" <laughs> and then I realized afterwards it was like a DS specific dungeon. Specific thing. And then there was like some Pokemon thing. So I don't know. I'd say the DS is probably like the the best one but there's no there's i don't think i can't remember if there are the uh, little anime like the uh, little animations in it anyway and okay. we got to move on okay guys we're moving on uh omar okay so i have a little story before i announce mine that leads into the announcement i of love mine. storytelling um so it actually piggybacks off of my last game so as you know i was an xbox kid so the funny thing was i've always had i had nintendo and then i went to playstation and play the PS1. And then I remember I asked for a PS2. My mom was in the States. I think she was in Connecticut visiting family. And she calls me. I'll never forget this. She goes, all right, which system did you want again? And I'm like, PS2, mom. Like, ready. I'm all excited. I wanted and so I hear her on the phone in the store asking for the PS2 and everything. So I'm all excited. <laughs> and then she goes, it doesn't come with any games. You have to buy a game separate. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not paying for another for a game because at the time they were expensive. Yeah. I was like, what? And she goes, well, this this Xbox thing here comes with two games, so you'll get that. And I was so bummed. I'm like, Mom, I really want PS2. And she's like, well, if I bring home the PS2, it's going to be a while before you play it, so it's up to you. And I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm like, it's, it's holidays. I'm going to be off school. You need the game. I need the game. So I had no idea what the games were. She's just like, it comes with two games. Was so it like, like Tetris and Clone Wars? Uh, no. Oh, it's okay. going to lead into my game. So basically, uh, I remember she comes home the, like later on that weekend, and she brings it. She's like, I see it. It's Xbox. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, hey, fake Thanks, mom. mom. Thanks, yeah. mom. And... I had this game called Jet Set Radio Future. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Jet Set Radio. So uh, I remember playing that, and I was like, oh, this is actually not bad. This is pretty cool. And then the other game, which is the game I'm going to talk about, was Halo Combat Evolved. Yeah. So I think that came out in 01. So that's I, a crazy pack-in. Yeah. yeah. No wonder Microsoft. Holy crap. That's it was a, a crazy it was They had to come out hard. Yeah, it, they, they had, had to come out hard. To, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know if it was a Canadian release because you bought it in the States. Well, that's a oh. crazy pack yeah. in the States. That's a like good that. and Jet Set Radio. I never Holiday? played Was it Jet Set Radio Futures? I never played yeah, that one. Jet Set Radio Futures. I think, was it Jet Set Radio for Dreamcast? Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah. Dreamcast. I remember for Xbox Dreamcast. Xbox was basically a spiritual success. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pretty much. It had Shenmue uh, 2 yeah. on it. Control style. Yeah. Too. Control yeah. style. It, just, it was a Sega system. Yeah. And, like, and it was just like, yeah. So I, I got Halo. And I remember people talking about it, but I was just like, all right, whatever. Pop it in. And, like, that first opening sequence the of the space battle oh, with Master okay. Chief and everything. And music. I was just kind of like, and at this time, you know, I, I, I'm I'm Star Wars fan, Star Trek, the whole nine. So seeing this space battle and, like, 
opening up and this guy's like, hey, we're being overrun by aliens. We got to get the hell out of here. I'm just kind of like as a kid, like, oh, this is fucking phenomenal. So I'm playing it. I got through the first level and I'm like, I totally love this game. And I was like, I had to go to my mom and be like, oh, my God, thank you. This is like two weeks later after I got the Xbox. <laughs> I'm grateful. Um, this I'm is better ungrateful. than no game. Yeah. Yeah. Halo is the redeemer. Hey, mom, um, Halo you were was right. This is better than no game. The redeemer. Like that game. And then I remember I had a buddy upstairs, and he had an Xbox. So I was like, you have an Xbox? He goes, yeah. I'm like, I got oh, Halo. Man. He's like, I have Halo too. This game's amazing. And that's when we discovered co-op play. Yeah. And so good. then the rumors were going out that he beat it on Legendary. There's a secret ending. So I remember we went, I went to this guy's house, had to sleep over. We stayed up all night till 7 in the morning playing Halo on Legendary. And it's tough. It, it was tough. It I remember we got frustrated. I'm, I think we took a break. We took like an hour or two. It's a slog, dude. It was. It was. It was crazy. But we wanted to do it because we needed the bragging rights. Because going to school, we were already getting chirped because we had an Xbox, and everybody's playing Vice City. <laughs> and then, um, then like people who didn't or had already beaten it, so we were playing that. And then finally, everybody got on the wave of like the multiplayer, like, like the split screen. And it like we haven't done that since Goldeneye, as kids. So when that came out, we were like, "All right, this is this is changing everything." We were skipping school and now to play this. <laughs> we were putting bets down, like people were betting their lunch money. Like Damn, we were going in on this serious. game. And there was that level where um, it was like a ship that split in half, and you're on one side and you could teleport to the other. Yeah, yeah. And that's when snipers became a thing, and everybody like you had to practice snipe to be on that level. And I had a buddy named Nero, and he just destroyed everybody we could never play him on that map uh, so we just told them like we're kind not kind of scopes where i what kind of scopes was in the first area like uh, uh, i think it was just a i think it was two four times scope four times on, single scope yeah, yeah. four times single scope on it and uh it shot through so you could shoot two people oh nice so it would shoot yeah. through your body and whatnot so that game for me as it was a little bit of a sleeper but it's my number one because of how it just changed it was kind of like golden eye for me it changed how i viewed uh the first person shooter and with that whole sci-fi aspect, it just it took a whole nother level. And jumping and driving vehicles. Like that yeah. was like something that I've never done in like a shooter before. The warthog? Was the that warthog. Yeah. The warthog, the um the ghost, that little like uh, little uh alien thing. guy. The the tanks. Yeah, yeah. Um and then even just like the different types of guns being with alien technology and the human technology. So the needler or whatever. The needler I was um, a big fan <laughs> of the needler. The needler yeah. was amazing. <laughs> and but I remember Although some people who were older, they told me that they were able to play that online PC. There was a way that there was a way to get on a server and play it online. I never got the chance to do it. That was more Halo Two, right? Was, but was Halo like Two Xbox was Live. when it fully yeah. went. Yeah. But for Halo One, if you wanted to play online, there was like a server that you had to go on, but it was yeah. only PC. Yeah, there I was a software called Kai, and then M Player I think had it, where you would just yeah. through the Ethernet, you would plug it into a computer that was connected to the internet. And it would tunnel through, so really? it was okay. like you're playing local co-op, yeah. but over the internet. Wow. With oh, people. cool, cool. Yeah. yeah, like X. Yeah, I know Xbox Live. That was like X, like with uh, Xbox. The uh, with sorry, with Halo Two. That's when it like went. That's live. when it really yeah. took off, and I just remember like being like wondering because everybody was like anticipating Halo Two, so we were all like, "This game is." It was the first time it brought everyone together because we stopped going to arcades at that point. Um, the only time we would ever play at an arcade is if we went to the Palladium or the movie theater, pretty much. 
So that was the first time, like, kids from everywhere. If you had this game, chances are, like, you were going to have at least four or five, six kids in your house at one point in time. <laughs> Play like, well. just every That's day, dope. like, clockwork. You're at somebody else's house for, like, I think at least a year and a half. We were, it was almost every day well they don't tell your parents is the food bills also increase yeah. oh yeah uh, like, that's snacks. literally the first thing i thought like oh you gotta yeah, feed parents, all these like, kids uh, my friends would come over and they'd be like the costco's food would be gone <laughs> it's like an 11 pound bag of wings just <laughs> annihilated oh yeah we, that was like my buddy well, my buddy food. duncan we'd always go, we'd always go to his house and just like just we always, he always always have like cokes and shit and like bags of lays just destroy. Just oh, friggin' Just gone. destroy. This guy would have, like, boxes of, like, Old like, man losing his mind. Oh, ketchup chips, yes. the hosties, or oh, whatever. Yeah, ketchup yeah, chips yeah. and barbecue chips. Yeah, um, yo, Omar, what, so what were the main modes you guys would play? Was it team deathmatch or free-for-all, um, or what exactly were you so guys the, playing? The main the main mode was always, like, we would play team, and um, mm-hmm. and then free-for-all would be, like, for bragging rights. So, like, yeah. people were talking shit at recess or whatever. Like, all right, well, pick up the sticks. We're going... So we would go there, but uh, Team Deathmatch was always like one of our favorites to play. Um, we also did uh, we used to like change up like the modes and the type of guns you would get. So we would do a mode with just the the um, what do you call that? The pistol. It was just pistols or whatever. Yeah, the plasma. The plasma pistol. So we would do stuff like that just to to spice it up. Little restrictions and stuff like that. Capture the flag. Okay, so you played CTF. Yeah. Okay. We played capture the flag, um, especially on that. I can't remember the name of that map where there was just two bases. Yeah. Oh, end. so what was it called? Oh, that um, one's just so iconic. Uh, and they, it's in, almost in every Halo yeah. game. I'm oh. trying to remember that map. Gulch? Right no. Was it? No. Oh, my God. Why am I drawing a blank on this? Well, I mean, that's yeah. in every every uh, team. Like It reminds it's me like of every team, like, team yeah. fortress kind yeah. of map. The it's two forts. Two forts. Where you would whatever. teleport yeah. and you would be on. And, oh, dude. And it. That was the map. That was like the map. That and Damnation were like the two maps that we played like ridiculously. The uh, Halo in what your game next game is going to be, Billy, kind of really like I loved Goldeneye, but like they really exposed how flawed just like the uh, like the the battle system is in that. Like it's just really like Halo was so good, and then obviously Death like Lee precursor to destiny coming in and uh like i it was just it was just really 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 great right off the bat i would did not any i didn't i was not super proficient at halo loved playing it though <laughs> yeah. oh yeah same, loved same. playing it. i i find that halo i guess even as the later years with halo 2 and 3 and, and the various other titles um but the original halo was the first time for me i'm not sure for you guys but it was the first time for me where a shooting game required some form of strategy meaning like the type of gun you used and like even when you were in a firefight because somebody had a shield so i knew for off top that hey if i used the plasma rifle or no the plasma pistol and charged it that would take out someone's shield and i could switch guns quickly and shoot them with like the assault rifle or something mm-hmm. so that kind of changed it and that's what kind of amped your level up for being like the average shooter or like a player to like somebody who's really good at this game because you had to know like when to switch jumping throwing plasma grenades because they'll stuck on you. So mm-hmm. that was another thing where you could be getting killed. You could throw a plasma grenade and die, but then get a, de- uh, a kill yeah. on top of that. So collateral. Collateral. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. The one, the, like, one thing that really, I feel like, set um, Halo apart from other games I was playing at the time. Um, and again, I, 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 didn't, uh, I didn't play it a huge amount, but um, was the, the AI in that game unbelievable. You had AI taking cover, 
flanking. Yeah. Like, like you, it, it was like I'd be playing the game. Like these guys, like, is there people playing? Like, I, I was confused. I'm like, people, they're like fucking like sending out it's like little tough, reconnaissance man. units and shit. And like, it was just blowing my mind. Yeah, the AI in previous games are just like, why are you here? They're like meat. They're like just like meat targets. Like shoot, 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 stand, shoot, shoot. These guys are like, they're like sending like little like reconnaissance fucking units over at you while like hanging back and like there's guys like plinking away at you with snipers. You're just like, what the fuck? Um. You touched on as well, like um, it was the precursor to Destiny. Um, Bungie, um, I know that making this game, Bungie originally started this game as um, an RTS. It was uh, it was originally an RTS, and what they did is as they were making it, they like in- implemented this mechanic where like at certain times you could become like one unit and you could like kind of like zoom in and be like one unit. And as they were making the game, they'd like just kind of like flesh out this like one unit approach more and more and more and kind of just started to realize like, hey, like this art, like it's this isn't an RTS game. It's like like a first person shooter game. So they like went all in on the first shooter for the, the FPS aspect. Mm. Um, and I think like obviously like whoever made that decision back in the day, like, wow, what what, what like what a catalyst to the entire video game industry and like first person shooter genre, fucking whatever, like um, Call of Duty, whatever that spawned after that. Like, it was I thought there was it was a uh, I thought originally there was a Mac game called Marathon, and then that was like Bungie's game that turned into Halo. Uh, I think was it Marathon a different IP? It might have. It they was might by have, Bungie, but then Microsoft bought that developer off of being a Mac exclusive developer. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Bungie, Bungie originally they, made games for Macs, and then and then Microsoft bought. But I think yeah, wasn't but Marathon was a different game. It I, was I, a first person shooter with those aliens in that world. But then they when they made it for Microsoft, I don't, I'm, it was I'm like a sh- spiritual successor to that. Oh, really? What what I Halo was? So. Me, I believe so. That's I, what I, was, I heard I'm almost the story sure. was. Honestly, I, I, may, I, I may have mixed no, up. No, I, I also may have mixed up. I have I heard that it started up as an RTS. But Bungie and, made like Myth, which was a really good RTS game. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and Myth Two was the. It's always the sequel. Cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna fact check myself after this episode and be like, wow, I was wrong. Okay, guys, um, we like we that. have to move on. <laughs> uh, we could talk about this forever. We're going to move on to Billy. Okay, anyways, so I, I'm glad you guys were talking about uh, first-person shooters and that moment yeah. of understanding complexity in a, in a multiplayer th- first-person shooter. Yeah. So for me, because I was an id Software fan, I liked uh, Wolfenstein, and then I liked Doom. Uh, at the end of grade eight when grade nine just started uh quake came out and i was looking in magazines looking at pictures of it this was their first uh id software's first polygonal uh fps game and it looked like scary it was in this like lovecraftian cyberpunkist kind of uh industrial hell the music was by Nine Inch Nails. I loved it. The, tra- I, the I used to listen to the soundtrack. Yeah, as soon as I could down, like you were able, like I would just download that and shit. On That's the, crazy. On I didn't the, know that. The, 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 and everything was grungy. The guns and stuff were like there was a nail gun and there was a box of nails with the Nine Inch Nails logo on it. And uh, so that game, the, the sounds s- like your fucking wet dream. This game. <laughs> so let me give you. The, designed, I'll give you the I context, the story of it. Yeah. Uh, so it was grade nine. This is I just started high school now, so it's a big pool of people. I'm like the odd man out in that town. So like everyone's beating me up because I was like uh, uh, Persian. I was the Persian prince. It was the humble beginnings of it. So the only place of refuge 
was this hallway where it was the French department. No one went near the French department. That's where all the magic card nerds would sit and play magic card. So I went down that area. It's true. And uh, <laughs> I, I went. Confirmed. I would just go there Confirmed. because they wouldn't kick my ass. And those kids, I remember the day they had the shareware version of it in a soft like CD case, and it had like the Quake logo on it. The shareware version of it, and a dude had another diskette that had a crack, so he could crack the shareware version and get all the episodes because yeah. everything was stored on the disc. So I didn't get that, but like I saw that, and I'm like, I oh, play this game. That was the first time I saw the game. Was in the shareware version of wow. it. So then I got the game because I'm like, this is the that it software's 3D game that I've been waiting for. And you played it. the The single player was like so moody. It had like lighting that would flicker and stuff. All these like people grunting and stuff. Yeah, there was jump scares. The zombies. The sound design was awesome. The guns were awesome too. But for me, the big reason I picked Quake was that's when I first played. Uh, a first-person shooter over the World Wide Web, over the internet, uh, on a 56K modem. So the first time I played this, I connected to the server. It was because I got a PC Gamer magazine that had a demo disc on it, but it had all these add-ons, so I didn't have to download them off dial-up. And it had uh, Quake World. So that was like an update to, like a update pack to the Quake game and it would join you up into a server browser so you could find different games. Yeah. I remember the first time I connected, had a high ping, still could play. There was someone else in the level we were doing a death match. And it was the first time I've ever connected to someone. So then it stopped for a second. The player stopped and typed hi. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, what did you type back? <laughs> so I'm like, You're like, suck hi. my dick. <laughs> no, I just said like, hi. And I'm like, is this a real person? And the, the character didn't shoot me and jumped in front of me. And that was the first time you could see yourself, the player character. You could <laughs> see it, see like it, but wearing a blue shirt or something like that. I was like, what? Oh my God. I like, and then the guy would just like jump and it's like, her, her, her. And, and then uh, we just type like, ha, 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 or something. And I would say, where are you from? And the person was from Chicago. What? And I was like, what the fuck? I said, mind blown. I'm, I said, I'm from. I just wrote Grimsby, and the guy's like, "What the fuck?" Because you're like Ont Ontario, and he's like, "What Canada?" I'm like, "Yeah," and then we just start jumping <laughs> over and over could again. Could you have I killed said, him if you wanted to? What the fuck is this? Huh? <laughs> like, you yeah, you could kill. It was yeah, a deathmatch. Like, we just stopped because it was like it, it was like a 3D Avatar game. Was just it, it was one took on some one? time to sniff each other. Yeah, so this was deathmatch. Anyways, so, okay. anyways, anyways. So Quake was awesome because you had to you had to know which weapon to use depending on the distance, like a fighting game. Like you, and it had no timing of where the rocket has that certain delay. Um, the LG, the lightning gun. No, there was, yeah, the lightning gun. You could light the water if the other player's in the water and electrocute oh. them. Uh, there was nail guns. There was a grenade launcher. There was a shotgun. It's a it's software game. Um, and uh, I guess there was a regular pistol. But playing it online and knowing timing and sort of you start to know, okay, I know there's a certain amount of health and the gun's right here. And I know when I get it, it's going to regenerate over a certain amount of time. That's the beginnings of this arena shooter concept of you have to know the timing of where the health is and when to get it before it regenerates. And you'd hear sound, too, as cues. Plus, it had verticality to some of the maps. You would jump, and it was figuring out slowly uh, that if you jumped while running, you could go faster 
and then later it became perfected the the strafe jumping so you're moving the mouse a little bit the cursor from the center a little bit while pressing back and forth while going moving forward and you could jump in these like vertices or something so that uh it was faster and you could you could get to those resources faster than the other person there was also the concept of rocket jumping which was hilarious where you would jump at the same time as shooting below you in the ground take like 20% damage just so you can get high up to a different pillar and then snipe someone or shoot someone from the top. So Crazy. you were you were getting so you were getting that level of play in that game and I remember the PC gamer uh, gave me this add-on called Team Fortress. And I oh. love Team Fortress because you had classes and I uh, you could be a medic, you could be a sniper, all these different things and it was like the really it was a mod. It was just, just like how Counter-Strike was a yeah. mod of uh, Half-Life. Half yeah. It started off. This was a mod, and you could play those. So, And it was the two castles that you could shoot from each other. Anyways, Quake was a big deal for me because that was the first like uh, competitive uh, yeah. 3D multiplayer first-person shooter. And since then, I love them. Like I'm playing Quake right now. Uh, not Quake. Call of Duty. I play Quake Champions. It seems to be kind of a dead game at the moment just because no one plays it it's a free-to-play game yeah. so it, oh is it it's a free-to-play game no, but I'll, I'll rock it with you yeah well it, it, it's it's kind of bethesda kind of kind of like abandoned it yeah but doom's out uh, well doom's coming out in march 20th same as Anim animal crossing. same as animal crossing yeah. but yeah no quake <laughs> for me quake was a big deal because that just in all the rest of the quakes quake uh, two and three uh, I don't count the other ones, but those those ones were just amazing uh, technical things, and for multiplayer, just just crazy. I, I so Quake was a huge big deal for me. We really need to move on. I okay, say it, say it. No, I I'm fine. We'll move on. It's fine. No, you gotta say no, it. No, 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 I'm not no, moving no. on. Okay. Okay, guys. I was just gonna continue talking about Quake. We can talk forever. Sorry, uh, I, I love Quake. No, I love it too. Um, not as much as you though. Anyways, we're gonna move on to uh, my final one, uh, which I'm just gonna come right out and say is Goldeneye, which is gonna be the second discussion about Goldeneye. I will frame this discussion by saying I would like to, rather than the culture of Goldeneye, I would like to uh, explore the game itself a little bit more yeah. uh, than our last conversation. Like for me, uh, Goldeneye is probably the game I spent the absolute most time playing. Uh, your whole life i would say if uh yeah actually probably yeah wow because i still play i will still play it intensely today like before i moved in with samantha like we were yeah, and I we was had, there we were doing it like we were friggin playing this shit and it just it just the fun factor of it is you know what it's definitely absolutely not the mo the uh the best first person shooter for me it's like the funnest I enjoy it. It's the one where I've had the most fun. It's the one where I've also been like the most competitive and like, especially in terms of like its role in my life in that when I started playing this game obsessively, I had just moved to the United States. I was getting made fun of for being Canadian a bit. I was talking my shit, obviously. But again, when you're a kid, there's only there's very few types of currency. And when I started getting friends, they would, you know, you still get made fun of for being Canadian. Once I went into this Goldeneye and got good at it, like, then, like, the tables turned. Then I had a claim to fame. 
then I had something that they had come to me for, which is if you want to beat me, that's fine. Sometimes you would get little shit-talking kids coming in saying that they were going to be like, oh, I heard you good, blah, blah, I'll beat you any day, and I would just whip their ass. Where were I... you whipping their ass? Where was this happening? Okay, so uh, there's a few places that we played. Uh, I would borrow... Uh, 64 from friends. I would have it at my house, but we played at my friend Herschel's house. My fr- uh, we played at my friend Greg's house, and those were always like the convening areas. People would talk shit. They talked their shit. So were they groups of friends, or like you literally brought puppies? No, off the we, would, we would. No, oh, we would. We would. We would bring in. We would bring in people we knew from school who were talking shit, and they're like, "Hey, you want to come play?" No wow, problem. Wow, that's interesting. And that's cool. And, uh, you know, obviously no overall animosity, but if someone's talking shit, I'm going to gotta pick up the sticks. Yeah, I'm going to pick up the sticks and be like, listen, you know, I always said, you know, when I was working in kitchens that, uh, and this is an Anthony Bourdain thing too, that people who are talking about being a good cook, you will figure out if they're a good cook for real once you get in the fucking kitchen. Because yeah. they always in like an uh, in like a lion out like a mouse. Gold knight, exact same. Grab thing. your chef's knife. Grab your fucking grenade launcher. If you Gotta if you it. want fucking pistols at dawn, we'll do it. Okay. Let's fucking eat, eat, <laughs> but it's more like pistols at four thirty in the afternoon here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you know. License to kill. License to kill pistols. Oh what you want to make sure? Oh you want body armor to be a factor? What do you? What do you? What do you? What do you, what do you are you worried? <laughs> what are you? What are you scared of? Yeah. What do you see? Like, yeah. Armor. Oh, you got grenade launchers too. Yeah. You could hurt me as well, except you can't. And you know, this is what you know. This is what it was. It was about. It was big pride. And even the I will say this. Even the story modes. I friggin' I loved. It. I love doing oh, the level. Yeah. I done yeah. the. How many times have I just done the dam? Because I just need to shoot some stuff or the facility. Facility. Or yeah. you know, like these are. Speed running. We talked about that last. Yeah, time. Yeah, but you know, and, and you know, I'll I'll. I'll get into you know a little more of the speed running like unfortunately i like the the speed run for the facility which is the, you know for the invincibility cheat is the most notorious in terms of like you know difficulty i i never uh, and it's much shame but i never completed the speed run i was never able to make that time yeah like definitely like it was a flex like you'd go over to your friend's house and they'd click like you you have like the different passports you'd click on the first one and then he'd show you you like it would be a flex to show off your cheat screen like you'd show what cheats you unlocked, and it would, that's a flex right there. Yeah. Like you're just like, yeah. What do you guys want to do? Fucking paintball, DK Bez, mode. You have like, all d- weapons. Yeah. You have everything. Yeah. yeah. D- oh, you want to do DK head mode? You want to do fucking invincible? Like whatever. It was just crazy, and to unlock some of that stuff was insane. I was never able to do it because I again never owned a sixty four. But I'd watch. Yeah. I'd watch people go through the levels, and it's just like you can't stop moving. You cannot stop moving. You're like knife thing, boom, grab, go. Like it's just like clockwork also things have to be in certain positions yeah. too like dr doke has to be in a certain place dr um, doke like you gotta pour out from my homie dr doke <laughs> mostly i shot in the face <laughs> myself um but like if he wasn't in the right place oh, yeah, there was some rng for sure yeah. yeah so you you know you had to do it i also one thing i love the the um the the bonus levels Aztec the Egyptian temple yeah. and I this is where you started to get into the James Bond lore with it and that's one thing I really loved about the game too is that I mean obviously we hate odd job but there's odd job there's Jods there's all yeah. these there's Baron, Baron Samby like in yeah, Egyptian yeah. temple there's Baron Samby and you hear his laugh which is the same as in uh, Live and Let Die and yeah. it's like yeah, it's so cool, cool. Mm-hmm. and it's bringing the game experience in and it made me wanted to explore the James Bond lore yeah. you know e- you know even more so and you know I-, I can't think of a game where i had spent more time with friends enjoying myself than playing this game oh for sure and you know like 
I can't even imagine if I got into it. it was, like it was bad enough that uh, I like I was I was flabbergasted <laughs> when you said you did you played in grade school. Yeah, because like it really kind of set to me what like the the general a little bit of the generational difference mm-hmm. in terms of like what would this be like in grade school? Like my family would have let me played it, but would I have just not been able to achieve anything in school? Would yeah. I have been as good as I? became in grade school and I think it was a little bit different like, did I have us, the dedication it was just more of a getting together and playing whereas yeah. Halo for me was probably how GoldenEye was for you because Halo for me was when it really got competitive whereas yes. when I was playing GoldenEye as a kid it was more just hey let's get around and like shoot each other like yeah you got a little competitive because you wanted to win but it wasn't like people there were no stakes. Shit. There was no yeah, stakes. There was no stakes. Yeah, like I found that like games, like because I was into fighting games in grade school, that they were like they were competitive, but like this, I really was like, okay, I have to. I would think I have to go into a match later today because we're gonna play. Yeah. Like we're gonna play today, and I'm like, I gotta get ready for that. You, you right? know, you know, what was great with uh, Goldeneye was yeah, like I, I played it in um, middle school, whatever, played the shit out of it, but then there was like a resurgence of it back in like high school. Mm-hmm. Where like weed was now a factor, and we would just like smoke weed and play Goldeneye, and like we would, that's like I remember there was one summer where that's like all we did was just like smoke and play Goldeneye. Wow. Like that, like we had nothing else. I to do. wish I had smoked. Well, I don't wish I had smoked that because I could have probably turned out to be a degenerate. But um, well, nothing. Well, now nothing we start, really. Now we know Andrew's or- origin stories here. <laughs> Smoking weed and playing Goldeneye. Yeah, that's, that's, what that's like that's like an entire generation's <laughs> fucking origin story. All right, guys, uh, we got to get going. This has gone way long in the tooth. Way too long. Way too long. Anyways, yeah. uh, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, we're going to be back with high school. Oh yeah. Emphasis on the high and. Uh, I'll see you there. Anyways, thank you guys. Take care, guys. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Just a reminder, if you like this podcast and want to keep hearing it, subscribe and give us a five-star review. And if you're not already subscribing to our YouTube channel or following us on social media, get on it. You will not regret it.